Welcome to Mars Month. October of 2020 is going to be pretty great. We have two full moons, one on Halloween. We've got four brilliantly positioned planets, the Orionid meteor shower, and the opposition of Mars. This is a very rich month for the astronomer getting out there and investigating the night sky. Welcome to Observing with Webb, where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month at night. So I'm going to start off talking about the planets we can see throughout the month, uh, and then the events, and then talk about some constellations. Don't forget to check me out on social media, Mr. Webb PV, M-R-W-E-B-B-P-V on Twitter and Instagram, and at PV Planetarium on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And there's a video version of this on YouTube. All right, let's get moving. So um, let's talk about the naked eye planets. So around sunset, you might have already noticed, as these have been around for a little while, but you have Saturn and Jupiter up in the south. All you have to do is look south or southwest before midnight, uh, about 10.30 p.m. at the end of the month, and just find two really bright points of light fairly close together. That's about less than a fist width. And to find Jupiter, just look for the brightest spot that is no more than 30 degrees above the horizon. Uh, Saturn will be about five degrees to the left of that. So about three fingers held at arm's length, the width of them. Now these, Jupiter and Saturn, they make a great pair for getting out your binoculars and your telescopes because they're two of the planets that are easiest to see surface features on. You can see the rings of Saturn, you can see the cloud bands on Jupiter, and you can see f the four Galilean moons of Jupiter as well. All right, um, in fact, get in some practice now because on December 21st these two planets will actually be really really close together as a conjunction so again sunset Saturn and Jupiter the two brightest points of light toward the south now if you stay up a little bit you'll notice that Mars is going to be also visible and be visible throughout the night so you've got it moving it starts off in the east around sunset and it starts moving toward the south and a little bit higher uh, it'll be at, at the south around sunset, and in the morning it's going to be off in the west. And what you're looking for is a non-twinkling reddish-orange dot. Okay, It's not twinkling because you can actually see a disk of Mars in a telescope. It's not a pinpoint of light like a star. Now, Mars reaches opposition this month, so it's even bigger in our telescopes than normal, and this is a good chance to take a look at it. Now, don't fall for the memes out there saying it's going to be as big as the full moon. Go ahead and look up Mars hoax, and you can see a whole bunch about that, how people misconstrue that. Um, but anyway, more details in the events section that we'll talk about next. But Mars is that red object that's also really bright, low in the west, or sorry, low in the east around sunset, low in the west around sunrise. And then we get to our morning planets, which again, Mars is in the west. But if you're looking at Mars in the west, just look opposite, and you'll be able to find Venus. Venus will be the brightest one up there. You just look east around sunset. Um, I'm sorry, you look east around sunrise. It actually starts rising at about 4.30 in the morning, and it's almost 30 degrees above the horizon 
by sunrise. Venus is bright, it's brilliant, it's gorgeous, just wonderful to look at. Okay, So in the morning, you've got Venus and Mars. Throughout the night, you've got Mars. And in the evening, you've got Saturn and Jupiter. So let's talk about some of the events. Let's focus on the moon real quick. Now the first full moon is on October 1st. That is visible the entire night, of course. Not the best for looking at deep sky objects, but you can still see the planets with the full moon out there. Then uh, you've got the waning gibbous phases after that, where it's mostly lit and it rises later at night. The last quarter moon is on the 9th, meaning you don't see the moon until midnight. Uh, and the left half of it is visible into the morning. Then you've got the morning crescent. So if, um, if you want to look east in the AM, look after between the 9th and the 16th of October. And the new moon is on the 16th. So that's when you have the darkest skies, but you don't have any moon. After the 16th, from the 16th to the 23rd, you'll get those evening crescents. Uh, all you're doing is looking, after, looking west after sunset. And then the first quarter moon is on the 23rd, which means after the 23rd, you get the evening gibbous, which is when it's mostly lit after sunset. And then the full blue moon is on October 31st. Blue moon just means the second full moon in a month. And um, this one just happens to be on Halloween. So what are some other things that are going on? Well. I'm going to talk about the opposition to Mars, and I'm going to talk about the Orion meteor shower, but let's go in order. On the second, you're going to have a nice close encounter between the moon and Mars. So just get out there after 9.30, find the moon with the red, ruddy Mars close and bright, less than two degrees away from uh, the moon. So if you're having trouble finding Mars, look on the second for the moon, and you'll be able to find Mars right nearby. Then, uh, from the 6th to the 13th, that you can wiggle these dates around a little bit, but I use, I'm using the 6th to the 13th as the opposition of Mars, because really any time this month is a great time to see Mars, but opposition is the 13th, and the closest approach is on the 6th. Don't, don't question why there's a difference there. There's some physics there, but we'll talk about, we can do that another time. So opposition is when the Earth is lapping Mars on the inside track, which happens about every two years or so. So what happens is because we are on the inside orbit and Mars is on the outside orbit, and we move faster, when we lap Mars, we are closer to it in our orbit, and thus it's bigger in our telescopes, right? Because we're just closer to it. Um, so what's going to happen is, um, if, let's say all you have is your naked eye, just look for the very bright reddish-orange spot. It'll be rising in the east after 7, high in the south around midnight, and setting in the west around sunrise. Now, if you have binoculars or a telescope, you might just be able to catch the disk of Mars, which is a little bit smaller than the disk of Jupiter at this point, and about the same size as Saturn right now. So if you've been looking at Jupiter and Saturn, should be similar size. And if you have good seeing, you'll be able to catch the surface markings as well. The next event is on the 13th to the 14th. You have a nice close encounter between the moon and Venus. So all you have to do is, well, get up in the morning after 4.30, but before sunrise. Uh, and what you'll see 
is um, as long as you have a good view of the eastern horizon, Venus and the moon should be pretty easy to spot. Venus will be very bright and the moon will be a big, beautiful crescent and it'll be above Venus on the 13th and just five degrees to the left of Venus on the 14th. So 13th to the 14th, if you get up in the morning, go take a look toward the east, it's gonna be nice. And here we come to the Orionid meteor shower. Now the Orionids is a decent meteor shower. It produces around 15 meteors per hour. Not big like the Perseids, around 60, but around 15. Now your best chance to see them will be in the morning on the 21st. You want to get out there between midnight and sunrise, and you want to let your eyes get dark adapted. So stop looking at your phone and find a nice spot to lie down away from the light pollution and just be patient. Look at the whole sky um, and just have an understanding that they will appear to be coming from a spot in the club of Orion. So if you look at Orion and you see his belt, you see his shoulders and his knees around that belt, above that is Orion's club. And you can always get a sky map from skymaps.com to actually see what we're talking about there, okay? Um, it's not going to be amazing, but if you keep an eye out, you should see a couple. In fact, the last meteor shower, the Perseids, I went out <clears throat> and uh, I, I went out for two nights for 15 minutes at a time. Didn't see one meteor, but when I went out in the morning for two mornings in a row, I, when I was taking my dog out for a walk, I saw two random Perseids just walking the dog and looking up. So you never really know when you're going to see that. Okay. All right, um, so Ryan Meteor Shower, 20th to the 22nd. Also on the 22nd, we have a close encounter between the Moon, Jupiter, and Saturn. So on the 22nd, just get out after sunset, find the Moon, easy enough, toward the south. Jupiter will, will be the brightest point nearby. Saturn will be to the left of Jupiter and will also be very bright, but it just makes a nice view for three big celestial objects close together from our view. And then uh, you'll notice that over the next week, the moon moves away from Jupiter and Saturn and closer to Mars. And this will be close encounter number two for the moon and Mars. So you just have to get out there again after sunset and find the almost full moon in the east with the red ruddy Mars close and bright less than four degrees above it. So that means for Halloween, we're really looking at Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Uh, big things out there. Oh, and the moon as a full moon. So you, you've got plenty of stuff to look at if you're one of those people who puts a telescope out. Although with COVID, I don't know that that's really a good idea. Uh, but maybe you could hook up a telescope and have a live view on a laptop or an iPad through a camera or something like that. And um, you know, do something like that. I think that would be really cool. So, all right. Well, anyway, let's uh, take a second. And even though this is an audio medium, let's talk about some constellations.
All right, so the nights are getting longer, so let's start with after dinner. Right now, after dinner, you can find the summer triangle, Lyra, Cygnus, Aquila, and Delphinus. Uh, basically, you just have to look straight up before 8 p.m., and you'll be able to see Lyra the harp, Cygnus the swan, and Aquila the eagle. And those three constellations have the three brightest stars of the summer constellations. Uh, Lyra has Vega, which is the brightest one up there. Uh, Cygnus has Deneb, and Aquila has Altair. And uh, those bright stars create the summer triangle. Um, actually, last month I had an interesting thing with Aquila. Uh, I was just looking at it, just checking it out, sitting on the hammock on the deck, and I just noticed this bright, <clears throat> kind of like a flash, like a brightening and then a dimming. I was like, what was that? I didn't know. I had no idea because it stayed in one spot. It wasn't a meteor. It wasn't moving. And I thought it wasn't quite bright enough to be like a supernova, and that wouldn't fade so quickly. So I was te texting some of my friends and... and uh, Mr. Dave Farina, genius, telescope entrepreneur, uh, he said <clears throat> that was probably a geostationary satellite. So keep an eye out sometimes. You might see a, a brightening and a dimming, and that made sense because it stayed in one spot, and it was about as bright as the space station is. So anyway, keep that in mind. <laughs> so before bed, let's say you get out there, or before you go to bed, you should be able to see the fall constellations like Pegasus and Andromeda. So you pretty much look straight up before 10 p.m. and you'll be able to see the great square of Pegasus with Andromeda sort of curving off of one corner. And if your skies are decently dark, you might even catch the faint fuzz that is the Andromeda galaxy. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if you were, uh, if you noticed this, uh, but I noticed this, and I know this is sort of privileged from uh, from being on the East Coast as opposed to the West Coast, um, but I was looking for Andromeda one night, and I was like, man, the sky is really just, like, the stars aren't popping, it's supposedly really clear, great seeing, all of that, and, and I was like, what, what is going on? And then I realized it's the wildfires, all the ash and leftover stuff in the air just sort of deadened the night sky. Even Jupiter one night was I was barely able to see, even though it was technically a clear night. It also, if you check the Instagram feed, I have a picture of the sun where the sun is orange, but everything around it is gray, which is unusual, but it's because of the wildfires out in California. So it's amazing how everything is kind of connected, I guess you could say. All right, last one. Before work, if you're taking the trash out in the morning, do that the night before, by the way. Um, just be nice to our uh, <coughs> trash collectors. Um, Orion is what you're looking for. Looking like the beautiful bow tie in the sky up there. Nice vertical bow tie. That is Orion the Hunter. Um, so that is it. Don't forget to go to skymaps.com to get a map of this. I also have... Um, you can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes. There's also a video version on my YouTube channel, and I can be found on Twitter and Instagram as at MrWebPV and the Pequa Valley Planetarium and its events. <laughs> events. And updates are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at PV Planetarium. So with that, um, I'd like to wish you all a great meteor shower, a great opposition of Mars, and, of course, clear dark skies for the month of October. <laughs>